Welcome to Spire, a world built one story at a time. I am Aaron Goldbeck. The Mids was a neighborhood of several dozen floors right in the very middle of the spire. Gent and Vippo found themselves in a truly dingy dive bar. The bar, if you would call it that, didn't seem to have a name. It was a small, cramped room with a few rickety tables that had been made out of what appeared to be garbage. Gent and Vippo sat behind one of the more stable-looking ones. It was a cartwheel that was broken, balanced on top of a couple of what it seemed to be loose paving stones. There was a large man behind an equally makeshift bar pouring thin brown ale into tankards. The bar, of course, had no windows and was lit by one or two flickering gas lamps. The gas was burning a strange color that they'd never seen anywhere else in the spire. Ghent saw that Vippo was looking at them. I, um, I, I think they're stealing the gas. They must have talked some quiet folk into, like, you know, siphoning it off one of the guild pipes. They quickly finished their second round. We, you, he shot that deer. That was pretty messed up, even for, like, you know, excessive displays of wealth. Yeah, I we gotta, we gotta put our heads together and figure out exactly what we're in the middle of here. Vippo shouldered her way over to the bar and came back a few minutes later with some thin brown beer and wooden tankards. Well, doesn't look great, but I've certainly had worse. Cheers. Gent wrinkled his nose. Yeah, it's. I think they brew the stuff, like, up here. He drained the tankard in one gulp. All right, so Gent, I've been, I've been thinking about it, and, um, what do we, okay, so Ulrich and Adas, they were working together. They were doing research so they could build this machine, and the machine would be able to move around the things in the spire that nobody can move around. Okay, that makes sense. I can see why Adas would be after it, and I guess I can see why Ulrich would get cold feet. When this thing gets built, it's going to totally change everything about the spire. Like, it would totally upend the guilds, the quiet folk. Yeah, that's about the shape of it, said Vippo. What I don't get is... Who, who's the good guy here? I, is Adas the good guy? And if he is, why did he shoot that fucking deer? I mean, God. Yeah, I don't know who's really the good guy here. I don't think it's Adas. I think he's a scary man. I don't know if Ulrich is a good guy either. I really, I mean, he's my boss, so of course I hate him. But he's just an asshole and doesn't seem to care at all about, like, who gets hurt as long as he gets what he wants. Yeah, well, I can see how those two are just peas in a pod, and it makes sense they were working together, and I suppose it's just amazing they haven't killed each other before now. Yeah, I, I, Ulrich couldn't kill Adas even if he wanted to because of, you know, Adas basically being one of the richest people and having a part of the government and his own army and all that stuff that he has. And I guess Adas needs Ulrich basically to finish the machine, or at least finishing collecting all of the stuff right and that's where we come in because we're doing all of Ulrich's dirty work for him 
I guess what we gotta figure out right now is are we gonna snitch on Ulrich to Adas? Yeah, I don't know. Um, I mean, you know, Adas made some good points about us being very rich if we do that, and I could finally pay off my student loans. But I, and I don't like Ulrich, but something about it still rubs me the wrong way. Yeah, like putting that much power into the hands of one person who's clearly power hungry and possibly evil. It, it doesn't really sit right with me. Well, so again, on the plus side, we don't have to make up our minds right now because we don't have all the books yet. Well, that's true, said Vippo. So we can just continue to collect both of the books and information about the people we're working with so we can make an informed decision. Yeah. Hey, are you, uh, you doing okay over there again? You're, you're starting to get a little woozy. I haven't talked to my dad in like six months. Ever since I got thrown out of the collegium in disgrace, by by Ulrich, I have been totally disowned. I, I can't show my face anymore. I, that's a shame, Gint. Why are you telling me this right now? I just thought I should tell you that I've got a dad and a mom. So, you know, it was always go to the collegium, learn something you can't get a job in. There's humorists who, like, just learn a lot about all of the, like, humors relating to Earth and, like, metal and stuff. And then they just go out and they tell guys where to dig to find gold. But there's guys who do that and they make a lot of money. And I think my parents wanted me to do something like that. All right, well, I've had a lot to drink. Yeah, well, not really, but, you know, I yes, you're certainly drunk. Maybe we should get out of here. That's probably a good idea. We can get out of here in a minute. Um, we got to go. We got to find it. Uh, we got to find an elevator that's going to actually stop for us here. They usually don't even stop here, so I, I should have thought this through a little better. Wait, are you telling me that we're stuck here now? Yeah, that's kind of how it happens. Like, people just get kind of stuck here because the elevators don't stop because nobody can afford them. And they rose against somewhat unsteadily and started making their way towards the door. Two men unobtrusively rose from another table and followed them out. Once they were back in the corridors, getting Vippo quickly became turned around. I think it's I think the stairs are this way. I don't think they're that way. I thought that we came from over there. Oh, down there? I don't want to go down there. It's dark. It's dark everywhere up here. There are barely any lights. The corridors in the mids were much narrower than the rest of the spire. And unlike in other places, actually full of litter. There was discarded paper, rotting vegetables, all manner of garbage strewn about on the floor. And here and there, getting Vippo realized, people were sleeping in the hallways under huddles of rags. Why didn't the guild help these people? Uh, which guild? Uh, any of the guilds. Uh, it's not their job, you know. They're here to make money and provide services, and these people can't pay, so... Really, the only reason why these people have anything at all is because of the queen really 
oh yeah, like, you know, it's really hard to get from here to the market to buy food. So the queen actually, her guards come by like once a week or so and, and, uh, put out a lot of free food for people, uh, you know, just to get by. Hey, are are those two guys following us? Vippa looked over her shoulder. What you got? Oh, yeah, I think those guys are following us. Were they the bar? Yep, I think they followed us out. You think they're going to try and mug us? I don't know, Gent. I, I, I just got here. You live here. Will you tell me? Hey, said Gent. Are you guys going to try and mug us? Ah, oh, Newman's Gent. What are you doing? I was trying to figure this mystery out. The two men came closer. One of them had what appeared to be the leg of a table in one hand. Well, we don't have to mug you. You could just give us all your money right now. I don't think we're going to do that, to be honest. In that case, I would say this is a mugging. The Vippo sized up the two men. They looked scrawny, malnourished. She tightened her grip around her sword and realized she could easily kill them both. But it just didn't seem right. Well, you're going to have to catch us first. Come on, Gent. She took off running down the corridor. What, are we not going to fight him? Okay, said Gent, running after her. They charged down the corridors, jumping over sleeping bodies and dodging piles of trash. They rounded a bend, and they looked left and they looked right. And to their right was a strange thing. There was a giant hole in the wall of the spire. They could see the night sky outside of it. They could also hear the two desperate muggers charging up behind them. I know, said Gant. This way, come on. They went out the opening in the wall of the spire and were immediately buffeted by cold winds. Don't look down, said Gant. You're the one with the fear of heights, said Vippo. What is this? They were on a rickety wooden platform that was built onto the side of the spire. They could see through the moonlight there were more people sleeping out here, nothing between them and a sheer drop a half a mile down to the ground. I think we lost him, said Gent. I think we just lay low out here for a minute, and he'll go away. As their eyes adjusted to the darkness, they could see more details. There was a small shanty town out here on the platform. Vippo looked up and saw other platforms similarly affixed to the side of the spire a few floors above, and peering through the cracks in the boards, she could see below them strange little mushrooms coming off of the side of the spire. This seems incredibly unsafe to me, said Vippo. Oh, yes, again, this is super unsafe. I feel like this whole, like, platform could give way at any moment. It is not made out of spire stuff, he said, banging his fist on the side of the spire. At that moment, they heard a voice from under a bundle of rags. Would you two keep it down? Some of us are trying to sleep out here. Oh, yeah, sorry, man. So, again, we're going to be out of here in a minute. Gent and Vippo returned to the opening to the spire, and just as they were going to cross the threshold and return to the interior, they almost collided with the two men who had been chasing them. They were panting out of breath. There you two are. Now, now, give us your money. There's nowhere you can run. You're cornered. The man brandished the table leg in a threatening way. Look, said Vippo, we're not going to give you all of our money, and I really don't want to fight you because I have a sword, she said, drawing her sword, and I'm pretty sure I could just kill you where you stand. And, you know... I'm having sort of a reflective evening here, and I'm just thinking that would be uh, not the way I want this to turn out. The two muggers looked at each other. They looked at the sword. I don't believe you're going to use that thing. 
said one of them, stepping forward. Now, come on, give us your money. Gent stepped it forward. You should know that I am a humorist from the Collegium, and I have incredible powers, so stay back, or I can do things. Gent reached out his hand, pointing it towards the table leg. I will now transform that into sand. As you see, wood, humorically, is composed of earth and water, and if you remove all of the water from it, it will crumple away and just and I could do this to your your very bodies if I chose. The two muggers looked at each other. Allow me to demonstrate again. And he pulled from his pocket an apple. Where'd you get that? said Vippo. Oh, I took this from Adas's place. I was gonna eat it later. Yeah, I've got actually I've got an orange in here. I got a bunch of stuff. Uh but behold the power of the humors. And he concentrated all of his willpower on the wood of the table leg and to the apple in his hand. The apple began to swell and then to contract, to wither away. And the table leg suddenly began to sprout twigs and leaves. Oh, damn it, again. it's going backwards. No, it's not supposed to do that. The mugger looked at the table leg in his hand, which was now becoming a living branch of a tree. He dropped it and stepped backward. You, you weren't kidding. You stay away from me. I don't want anything to do with you. Keep your damn money. The two muggers turned on their heels and ran back inside. Well, that was weirdly effective, but not in the way I expected. Yeah, you're telling me, said Gent, looking at the branch. The leaves were now turning yellow and fading. Huh. I've never done that before. Gent idly threw the remains of the apple over the edge of the platform. Don't do that, said Vippo. What if that hits somebody? Oh, yeah, you're right. Oh, Newman's. That could kill somebody. Ugh. Let's get out of here. And he went back inside. Thirty flights of stairs later, Gent and Vippo arrived at the Collegium. It was the dead of night, so the library was deserted. There were no students poring over any of the tomes or scrolls that lined the walls. They walked over to the door, through the short corridor, and they saw flickering candlelight under the door from Ulrich's office. He pushed open the door. Here's your Newman's damned book, he said, slamming it down on Ulrich's desk. Ulrich was reading an ancient scroll by candlelight, and he had to quickly pull it back so it wouldn't be crushed by the Hermetica. What are you What are you doing here? It's three in the morning. We gave, me, we gave you the book. It was like our jobs. You sent us to get it this afternoon, and we got it. Here it is. Yes, I sent you this afternoon. I didn't think it was going to take you 12 hours. Well, we hit some complications. What sort of complica- Are you drunk? No, I'm not. Are you drunk? I- No, I'm not- No, I'm working. Late into the night, some of us actually do our jobs and take them seriously. Well, we take our jobs very seriously as well. Were there any, uh, complications? Well, you might could say that, said Vippo. Uh, yeah, again, broken. No, I, I mean, okay, so, uh, the, um, we, uh, we got into a little bit of a, of a tussle with the apprentices. They didn't want to give us the book, but, um, yeah, we took care of them and we got it. Aha, uh-huh, said Ulrich, eyeing the tome. His eyes were greedily tracing the title on the spine. I assume you didn't do any permanent damage to them. 
again, uh, so I'm pretty sure that they're gonna recover. Well, fair enough. Anybody I know? No, I don't think so. All right. Well, it can't uh, can't be helped. Uh, can't have people like that standing in the way of progress and learning. He picked up the tome and opened it. Ah, yes. I've been waiting for years to get my hands on this beauty. Good work, you two. Good work. You got another one lined up for us? Yes, in fact, I do. Uh, the next tome I need you to acquire is not in the spire, unfortunately. Wait, what? Sigant? Where is it? It's a few days away. Uh, we'll uh, have to secure you some sort of transportation. Ugh, this story's a bit embarrassing. There was a... Uh, Young man here of noble birth, uh, his parents are peers of the queen. Unfortunately, he didn't have much aptitude or interest in learning, and has, uh, well, I believe just dropped out. We haven't seen him in classes. Did you expel him? Huh, said the provost. I wish I could have. I certainly would if his parents weren't so important. No, the little brat just stopped showing up. And uh, he walked off with uh, something you need, said Vippo. Precisely. The little bastard uh, walked out with some very important old texts and necessary for the work we're doing. I'll have a list for you in the morning. So, so again, we gotta go to this guy's place and we gotta get the books back? You got it, said the provost. That's what you do. I trust that you uh, won't do any harm to the young man as much as I dislike him, unfortunately, as I hope I've made clear to you, he is from a powerful and well-connected family, and if you do anything to damage him or his property, it will be very bad for us. All right, said Vippo, you got it, kid gloves, we'll uh, treat him as nice as we can while still getting your stuff back somehow. Yes, uh, I trust you two will find a way to avoid any unnecessary violence or destruction. Yeah, said Vippo, we'll try. The next day, in mid-morning, Ghent and Vippo met in the middle market. They pushed their way through the currents and flows of people, past the merchants and vendors, towards a relatively quieter part of the marketplace against the eastern wall, where there were a few tables and chairs set up, and a few places to get bread, cheese, hot wine, ale, so forth. Getting Vippo sat down. Well, how you feeling this morning? You're looking a little green around the gills, Gent. Uh, yeah, I feel a little under the weather, to be honest. I mean, I'm sure it'll be fine. I think my sanguine humors are just kinda out of balance. Well, I can't imagine why. You need a hair of the dog or something? No, no, I don't. I really don't like this. That sounds like a really bad idea. All right, well, we uh, we need to come up with a plan about how we're going to get this book back from, um, what's their name? Where, where are we going? Oh, um, oh gosh, I think I have it here somewhere. Gem run, rummaged around his satchel and pulled out a scrap of parchment. Um, Ulrich informs me that we are uh, going to be visiting the Mateo estate and we're going to be trying to retrieve this text from uh, Yanis Mateo. He's uh, 16 years old and sounds like a real piece of work. 
So how do you think we should go about uh, separating the Collegium's property from this uh, rich little SOB? I, I somehow doubt just going and asking nicely is going to work. I, Ulrich has already tried that. He wouldn't be sending us if, um, if this kid was, you know, just willing to just give the thing up. Yeah, that's a good point, said Vippo. Well, we can uh, we can break in. Uh, we can disguise ourselves. Um, we can try and uh, maybe do some sort of uh, I don't know. We could try and buy it off him, perhaps. I think what we're gonna need to do is uh, get in there under some sort of uh, you know false pretense and, and get the lay of the land first. All right, said Vippo. I, I guess I see the point there. If they got guards, uh, what are you thinking? How are we gonna sneak in? Well said Ghent, rubbing his forehead. If there's one thing I know about rich people, it's that they love to buy stuff. Vippo pushed her way back into the crowd, elbowing people aside. Eventually, she found her way to a wine merchant on the far end of the middle marketplace. He had a variety of bottles, barrels, and wineskins dangling from the small makeshift booth he had set up. Howdy! said Vippo, strolling up to the man's kiosk. What all you got here? Well, my dear lady, said the wine merchant, we have many fine wines from all corners of Renoa. I have rich red wines from Ramel, and I have white sparkling wines. Very exotic, very fine. Would you like to try? Nah, said Vippo, I'm working right now, and I'm, I'm looking to buy something in bulk. I see, said the merchant. Well, in that case, I could provide you with several cases of this Ramelli wine for a very reasonable sum. Uh, how much would that be? Why, for only 500 pieces of gold, or the equivalent value in silver, I believe we could reach some arrangement. Wow. No, said Vippo. Oh, dear Newmans, absolutely not. That is way too much. You got anything cheaper than that? Our budget's more like 100 pieces of gold. Oof. For a hundred pieces of gold, I could... Hmm. I suppose I do have some local wine. It was distilled here in the spire in somebody's basement. We mostly use it to strip paint. Is that what you want? Yeah, that sounds fine to me. Listen, I don't even drink this stuff. We're just trying to, you know, make a quick buck. You know what I mean? My dear lady, no one of any breeding or standing would possibly drink wines from the spire. Several hours later, the cart containing Ghent, Vippo, and several barrels of undrinkable wine from the spire were bumping along the dusty road that wound away from the spire towards the north. The spire was the de facto capital city of a small country called Verdun. The part of Verdun that Ghent and Vippo were traveling through was rolling hills broken by large boulders that seemed to crop out of the ground at random. There were small streams and brooks that meandered through, but the soil was far too thin and weak to grow anything of substance. Gent's hangover had not yet left him, and he was feeling every jolt, every pebble in the road like a hammer in his skull. Uh, Vippo, could, could we slow down a little bit? This is really uncomfortable. Well, uh, if you want to get to this guy's house anytime this week, I think we gotta make the best time we can. Already wasted most of the day with that wine merchant. Yeah, um, I, uh, thanks for handling that, but you know that nobody except for, like, bums and people like us drink wine that's made in the spire. I mean, ugh. 
Well, it was the only thing we could get in our budget, so you can complain to me or you can complain to the bursar. I, either way, it's going to be like complaining to a brick wall, so just, you know, for the record, this is a terrible mistake. All right, noted. It is on the record. Just at that moment, as they were bickering, suddenly they were plunged into darkness. Gent jumped out of his seat and whirled around to see what the cause of it was. The cause was actually quite simple. The sun had simply moved so that it was behind the spire, and they were caught in the spire's vast shadow. This was shocking because they were now many miles away. Of course, the spire being so incredibly tall, its shadow stretched for miles and miles throughout the surrounding countryside. This effect lasted for only a few minutes, and Ghent stared as the edge of the sun began to creep slowly around the other edge of the spire and finally become too bright to look at again. And the shadow left them and swept on across the countryside like a giant sundial. Well, said Vippo a few minutes later, I reckon that means it's about time to find somewhere to camp. Uh, said Gent, camp? You mean like outside? Yeah, dummy, that's where you camp, outside. You don't camp inside, that doesn't make any damn sense at all. Well, wait, I thought we could, you know, find an inn or or something, uh, you know, or like, I, I don't know, a house? Vippo looked at him. How often do you get out of the spire? Um, you know, several times. I, uh, you know, once even for a few days. Um, not not too much recently. I've I've been you know very busy in there. And and anyway, what is there out here? There's you know there's like not much going on. That's my point exactly, genius. There aren't that many inns, especially not going this direction. If we were going south towards Ramel, different story. But we ain't. They pulled over next to a stand of trees. There's a small stream running behind. They tied their horse to the nearest tree, unhitched the wagon. Vippo got busy doing horse things that Gent didn't completely understand, but seemed to involve vigorously rubbing the horse and then putting oats near it. Um, so again, okay, so we're camping. Great. This, I'm, this is great. What do I do? You gather some firewood. Okay, right, firewood, sure, said Gent. He wandered off into the trees and began snapping branches off. After a few minutes, he returned with an armful of green branches fresh from the trees. Um, is this good? I think this looks like a lot to me. I don't know. Vippo looked at the branches in his hands. You are the dumbest man I have ever met who has gone to school his entire life. You can't use green wood in a fire. It's not going to burn. It's just going to smoke. You need dry wood off the ground. Oh, so again, uh, that sounds like a lot of work. Yeah, can't I just dry this wood out? No, said Vippo, that takes days. Nope, not the way I can do it, said Gent. Gent sat cross-legged in front of the bundle of sticks. He grabbed one with his right hand and stuck his left hand into the little creek that was flowing nearby, and he began muttering furiously under his breath. Slowly, but steadily, the sap from the branches began to ooze out of the bottom and run away down towards the stream. Vippo's eyes widened as the sticks before her eyes became parched and brittle and bone dry. After a few minutes more, again opened his eyes again. There, see, isn't that easier than like doing all of that work, uh, you gathering more wood? Soon there was a merry campfire blazing. Um, so again, so do we get tents? Are there tents? That's what you camp in tents, right? Yeah, said Vippo. I guess you could if you're some sort of fancy person. We don't have any tents. We've uh, we've got bed rolls 
and that's very nice. So you just lie yourself down right there and uh, shut up. How about that? The next morning, Gent and Vippo rose with the sun. It occurred to Gent as he stretched and worked out the kinks in his back that this was perhaps the first time in his life that he had actually been woken by the sun itself with its rays on his face. And he looked out at the sunrise, and he thought to himself, I can't believe people live this way. This is terrible. Ugh. It's so bright. You can't turn it off. After a quick breakfast of cold bread and hard cheese, Vippo reconnected the horse to the cart with some contraption that Gent could probably understood if he thought about it, but chose not to think about, and then they were off. They rode throughout the morning, and finally, in the late afternoon, arrived at their destination, the Mateo Estate. They crested a hill and were afforded a view of the estate laid out before them. The estate was nestled in a small valley. There was a stream running through. Ghent let out a low whistle. I, I didn't expect it to have, you know, a wall around it quite like that. Yeah, said Vippo. That's, um, that's less an estate and more of a, more of a fort. They were looking down at a rambling mansion, an enormous structure with several smaller buildings around it. The whole thing was encircled by a tall stone wall, at least 10 feet high. It was patrolled by, well, they could see almost a dozen guards walking back and forth. And over the gatehouse, the flag of the Mateo family was flying. It was a brilliant nugget of gold stitched onto a black hill against a green field. How the hell are we gonna break into there? Next time on Spire. Thank you so much for listening to this episode of Spire. If you've been enjoying the podcast, you can follow us on our Twitter feed for teasers, trailers, and so much more. Our Twitter handle is Spire underscore podcast. I also want to take this opportunity to thank some of the kind folks who have reviewed us on iTunes. We love getting reviews on iTunes. And I want to take this moment especially to thank uh, iTunes user by the name of K-State Fan who wrote us a really sweet review um, back in September. Been meaning to say thank you to him for a while now. Also, I want to thank another iTunes user, Redshire, R-E-D-S-Y-H-E-R, who wrote us a great review back in October as well. Thank you so much. Um, For the rest of y'all, if you want to write us a review, we will thank you on the podcast for sure. I also want to plug our subreddit, which is r slash spire podcast. It's got all of our original artwork by Elizabeth Early and a lot of other great stuff. Uh, And on the subreddit, if you ask us questions, we would like to answer them in a future uh, mini episode where we directly answer questions from our audience. So please hashtag join the conversation, hashtag spire, etc. Thank you again for listening. I'm Aaron. And uh, that's all I got. Spire is performed by Aaron Goldbeck, produced and directed by Mark Holscher, music by Kevin McLeod, and artwork by Elizabeth Early.